Hi, everyone. I'm Lorianne. I am the host of Bleep Bulimia. And today I have Susan Gold as a guest. She's an author and a coach, and she has quite the story. And she's got a book out called uh, Toxic Family. We're looking forward to hearing more about that. And I'm so pleased to have you here on the show today. Thank you for being a guest. Wow. It's such an honor, Lorianne. And I've listened to the three most recent episodes and you are delivering such amazing content. And I just want to acknowledge it because I know the work that goes on behind the microphone, behind the camera. So I just wanted to say thank you. I really, really appreciate that. So now I know that um, obviously toxic family comes from, you must have uh, gone through your own traumas in order to get to that point of writing a book about it. Um, so I just want to know a little bit more about you. So tell our audience. Yeah, thank you. Toxic Family was not my title. <laughs> it was my it was my publisher's title. I was like, great, we're going to go Jerry Springer with it, huh? You know, my title was Magical Illumination, Transforming Childhood Trauma into Adult Freedom, because that's what I feel it's been. Um, it was brutal. It was doggy dog. I was raised by... What I discovered was two addicts. My father is a genius astrophysicist. And at 7.30 a.m., you'd hear the cork come out of the bottle and glug, glug, glug as he took down the whiskey. And my mother was prescribed diet pills, which is speed or was speed in the 70s. Um, so she was a pill head. And you never knew what was going to come in the front door with actually either one of them, although my father was fun and adventurous. He was also an incredible womanizer and he was bulimic through exercise. He would binge and then he would purge with running and playing basketball and playing tennis. He used to coach the tennis team at the university where he um, was teaching. And my mother was eating out of the grocery bags as we were coming out of the market to try to find that place of soothing. She came from horrendous trauma and an incredibly abusive upbringing and was untreated. So it was hurt and damaged children raising hurt and damaged children. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, it's amazing. Eh? Like look at your father and how accomplished he was. And so there really is no, um, there's no particular description as to why somebody gets an addiction. Really, I Honestly, mean, as far as like, you, you can be the most successful person and still be addicted. So, the, so it's not the happiness and the money that's going to take away from that. Yeah. No, it's not. You know, I just having the story I do and having the gift of being able to look back on it and dig around in there, especially in adulthood when similar issues came up in my own life experience that I had witnessed as a child growing up and just the opportunity to face it, to get help, to examine it, to explore it. And then to see, wow, I have some amazing life experience. I've had incredible opportunities for soul evolution in this world came in odd packages and some of them were pretty nasty, but wow. And now just curious as well, because you were talking about parents and then transposed to the child and, you know, your mother having traumatic and then she was traumatic and then you felt that trauma and so on. Um, 
there's a lot of talk about, you know, ending that. So with your help for people who are struggling with it, do you feel that that does help for them not to, to pass it on to their children? Absolutely. And in my book, I, I describe that specifically because, you know, I was an ancient mother. I think I was, yeah, I was 42 when I got pregnant. Naturally, I just figured, oh, maybe it won't happen because I wasn't sure that I would be a good mother having had the upbringing and the trauma that I experienced. And um, I was 43 when I delivered naturally 10 hours door to door. So he was definitely meant to be on this planet. Um, but I treated him as his own individual being with his own pathway and his own experiences that he wanted to have on this planet. And it was a much different trajectory for him than it was for me. So yeah, let's see, maybe we put a plug right. in, the, in the lineage. So another question. So I think trauma doesn't always come from parents. It could come from external. How do you protect and how do you help whether it be an adult or a child to, to get through those. Cause it's not always family that causes the trauma. No, it can be our systems, our society, our culture, our educational system, certainly um, social media is brutal um, in my opinion. Um, so first it's recognizing that sometimes people are not even cognizant of where the blossom is. I mean, certainly for me, it was like a bit of Sherlock Holmes putting the pieces together. So that's the first piece. And a lot of times I won't even go into the talk. I'll go into the body because the body holds so much in the cells of our being and explore the trauma that way. Oh, that's interesting. Can you speak a little more to that? Because that's kind of hard to understand. <laughs> yeah, I would love to, Lorianne. So I'll give you an example. Um, I was going through a divorce and it was like the perfect storm. It brought everything together and all the experiences I had, positive and negative that I ultimately had to stand up to. And it was the universe doing for me what I could not do for myself. Intuitively, I knew I could not go back to a talk therapy setting, even though that had been profoundly helpful for me to get the storyline, the narrative down and understand the journey. It was serving to re-traumatize me, to retell, retell. And what ultimately helped was going into my body, doing a scan. Where was the tension? It was in my chest. What did it look like? What did it feel like? Was there any messaging? Now let's clear that trauma and let's bring in golden light in its place. And it was unbelievable, like profoundly different from start to finish. And it's actually what helped me get through a divorce from a narcissist when we were living in the same structure. Wow, that's really interesting. So, and how do you know and feel like that's, 
is it like a meditation is it a or does it just come to you like so like if i have tension in my in my shoulders which i i do quite often like how would i know what's causing that yeah so just intuitively i feel like it's it's set your central nervous system is still on overdrive, Lorianne. You've done a lot of work, a tremendous amount of work and exploration, but you're still holding trauma. There's still a little PTSD stuck in there. And that's what causes that shoulder grip because you're protecting is, is my sense. And I'm sorry, I didn't know we were going this way. I hope it's, I hope it's resonating. I have a feeling some listeners have the same thing and I do yeah. too, but it's a scanning of that and then going into that, seeing if it's, is this current? Is it from the past? Is it from ancient? Who does this belong to? What's the feeling? Is it solid? Is it liquid? Is it like taffy? What color is it? Oh, interesting. What emotions is this bringing up for me? Is it fear? Is it shame? Is it abandonment that's old? Is it feeling imprisoned and locked? And then clearing that and replacing it with light and doing it re repeatedly. And there's huge freedom that comes from it. It's almost, it's a, it's a retraining of the neural pathways. Very interesting. Wow. I learned something today. I'd not heard of that before. So that's really interesting. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. So from there, so you learned to do that and to build, I like that you're saying, you know, uh, use your traumas to, to bring yourself power or more you know, transforming yourself is basically what you were using the word for. Um, I think a lot of people just that they, and it's my opinion, but I feel a lot of people use their trauma as a crutch and it's, and they don't want to let go of it because it's something they hold on to. Um, it's almost as if it gives them a definition of who they are, but not in the positive way. Like it is a definition of who you are, but you you turned it into a positive. Some people are not able to do that, or I guess don't even want to do it. That's what I and found. it's yeah, and and some people that come to me just want to hold on to their traumas with both hands and their heart, and there's nothing I can do to let their fingers release and let go because it's just too terrifying. Sometimes we can take it in a little bit. Sometimes they just. They have to wait and some have circled back when they feel they're more ready. That's nice. So um, we have a book and I, and I guess I'm still a little bit um, interested in that. Um, so it follows, does it follow a, like your story and then does it give people that opportunity to, I mean, obviously working with you would be the, the best, but does it give them an, an insight as to how to overcome this or, or take their traumas and transform them? The first thing I do is send them to the book. Like it's okay. less than 20 bucks, right? Read the book, read yeah. the book, do the, do the exercises in the appendix. See how that shifts you. See how you're transformed. If you really need an assist, come back and we'll talk about it and see how we both feel. 
and then we'll see if we want to do some work around it specifically. Perfect. And where can they find your book? So it's on Amazon, it's on Barnes and Noble, and everything's at my site, which is susangold.s. Perfect. And that's US for Canadians who may not get that right. <laughs> so um, do you have anything that you want to share with the audience that you feel is really important for them to hear? Yeah, I just want to say that I was alone in isolation with this for a very long time. I have a photo when I was three, I was dressed up as a cat for Halloween, sitting back almost lost on the couch, drooling with chocolate. I was six years old coming back from our grandparents' house in the very back of the station wagon, sneaking cookie after cookie out of the Oreo bag until they came out of my nose. I understand what it means to need self-soothing and to find it with crutches and, and methodologies that may not be the most soothing and nurturing. And it's taken me decades to unscramble that wiring and to live with self-love, self-care, and compassion for myself and the journey I've chosen on this planet, and then to give it to others. I've had tremendous battles with self-hate that I've acted out with exercise bulimia and controlling my food intake either swinging to the anorexic level or the overeating level. It's been like some nasty plague, but honestly, it's been an incredible tool to transform. Once I was willing to surrender and understand who I am as a human being. That's beautiful. I love that. And you're right. Um, one thing that was really interesting when I gave up my bulimia um, was the realization of my feelings because I used to just eat them and just, you know, numb them out and having to deal with it and how to deal with them. Um, and as difficult and scary it was, it was also, it made me feel like I was living again. And mm -hmm. that was what was important to me. And it was a journey towards liking yourself again, too. You weren't hiding behind this thing. I know there's a funny saying that said, when I was younger, I used to fear people not liking me. Now that I'm older, I keep looking for people I like. <laughs> looking for people <laughs> I like, right? <laughs> and, and that's the key, right? If someone doesn't like you, you can't force them to. Just accept it and know the people that you, that you like, like you, and for the most part. And those are the people you want to hang around with. I think I, I think your surroundings is really important is what I'm saying. The people you you surround yourself with, your surroundings in general. Just like you, you went from a very busy LA and then you settled down into Montana. So nice, quieter lifestyle. And and sometimes that's what it takes. You know, just I think slow down. I yeah, I agree. It's it's important that you have nurturing, caring support around you. But I think what was essential for me ultimately to learn was how to give that to myself from within rather than from without. And 
that's been profound. There's a teacher named Matt Kahn that, that taught me to put my hand on my heart and to say, I love you. And it felt icky, it felt odd, it felt painful, but ultimately some of that black darkness and some of those layers of saran wrap around that beaten and abused or organ were able to melt and recede. And now I can say, is this the most loving thing I can do for myself in this moment? And really mean it and feel it, like feel that glow and that warmth inside. And it takes all those other fears and panics, you know, the rejection and the abandonment, feeling fraudulent, feeling afraid of the future and terrified of the past. It takes all that stuff and just drops it. I love it. And that's something that's really like I glad that you're sharing that because I know that's something that's really really important and uh fun thing is I really do enjoy my own company <laughs> I really and it's lovely to feel that way that not needing the outside to keep myself happy so but yeah it took it it takes it can take a long time to get to there and so patience is going to be very much you know important for those people who decide to take the journey and uh it doesn't happen overnight. So I really, really appreciate you being on here. Um, I really hope that, you know, I know the listeners. I don't even hope I know the listeners will get something out of this. And thank you for sharing your story about your struggling with, you know, the eating and the and the bulimia and that. Um, I think there's a lot of, and even having done it myself right till I was like 48. So um well, the year is clearer now, <laughs> but uh, congratulations. Thank you. But there's a lot of women out there that are in their 40s and some in their 50s and they're still struggling. And people don't realize that. They think that, you know, thinking bulimia, eating disorders, it's like for 18 to 20 year olds. And it's not. There's some that, like me, I started struggling at 18 and it just was an ongoing challenge to just let it go. And um, when I realized I was no longer in, I guess like you kind of um, I don't like to say anything to the ill, but uh, felt narcissistic, um, felt very like there was a lot of power over me. And when I let that go, that helped me to let go and start really focusing on Lorianne too. So I get that. I really relate to that one. So, yeah. All right. With that um, again, thank you. I appreciate it. And please readers it's susangold.us. You can get all the information about her there. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you, Laurie Ann.